Welcome to the Storyfield. This is Josh Allen, and I'm joined by Micah Petrie. This is a podcast created and sponsored by The Allen Firm. At The Allen Firm, we think there are too many unknowns in life's legal situations. The Allen Firm provides legal guidance so you can make a great decision, come to a resolution, and be at peace. For more information about The Allen Firm, visit allenlawfirm.com. Well, we think you will agree that life is complex, business is hard, and living a life of faith can feel complicated. You're in the right place today to hear some great stories of normal people just like us who will inspire you to move forward in life. Thank you for joining us today. We know you're going to be encouraged. I am excited. At lunch today, I've been trying to get my friend Chad Wallen to see if he would be interested in a recording interview with me because I love his story. So Chad Wallen. Welcome to the show. Thanks for making time today. Yeah, thank you so much for the invite, invitation. And I'm glad we, so we were at lunch and it was just like, you got, I have time this afternoon. Do you have time? Let's do it. So this <laughs> is going to be one of our most unprepared and probably one of the smoothest interviews because of that. So <laughs> just a little on Chad and then I'm going to, I'm going to let you do a lot of the bio because I, I kind of want to walk you through it. Um, but I ran across you. Um, actually at a coffee shop in Granbury, Texas, when we were opening our new location for our office mm -hmm. and uh, heard about the Advance Camp, which is a nonprofit you, you have started from scratch. And I Correct. learned that you were recently from Oregon. Now you're mm -hmm. here in, this, in Central Texas in the middle of nowhere and uh, just hearing what you're doing about Advance Camp and all that. So it was just, I was amazed. So it was really, um, really a great story. But this, the heart of Advance Camp is and you may have a different verse in the bible but james 127 it That's says it. okay it says here are the beliefs and the way of life that god our father accepts as pure and without fault when widows are in trouble take care of them and do the same for children who have no parents don't let this world make you impure especially the do the same for children who have no parents so mm -hmm. your ministry advanced camp heart is for the fatherless children is that right mm -hmm. that's correct okay well take us to take us back early uh, let's walk this along your kind of a life path so take us to oregon is that where you were born and raised and then i want to catch up we want to hear about vance camp and all this yeah sounds good yeah i was born and raised in oregon um i'm gonna go i'm gonna fast forward until like my early 30s um it's kind of neat because everything prior to that has built up to this point, but it's kind of this pivotal point in my life where um, really just started getting this nudging to serve. Um, felt like I was supposed to be involved some, some way of serving. Um, I always thought like the cool way to serve is to go overseas. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And, uh, and I, I prayed pretty heavy about that. I'm like, all right, Lord, I feel like I'm supposed to serve. I'm supposed to do ministry where in china where in japan where in thailand are you sending me you know yeah it's got to be overseas <laughs> for it to count that's right yeah exactly and so um, i remember that happening and it was the funniest thing the lord's like uh you're gonna help with the four and five-year-olds at church i'm like wait a second i'm 31 <laughs> years old single male guy with piercings and tattoos and you want me to go serve four and five-year-old kids in a Sunday school class. Yeah, that's going to raise some red alerts when you walk into the church and say, I need a volunteer. Yep. Well, actually, that's what I told the lady. I said, are you sure you want me? She goes, yes. Can you pass a background check? I'm like, I've done nothing bad in my life. Like, literally nothing bad in my life. So, yes, I can pass a background check. She goes, perfect. We need more men. And uh, that's when I found out that um, I'm a little OCD. I don't like messy paint projects, and I don't like Play-Doh. It's too messy. Um, get them a crayon and a coloring book and I'm golden like I, I don't like messes um, so it's just kind of uh, that's where I found that out um, so that's kind of where I, I just started this uh, the place to serve um, I actually served uh, two sessions in divorce recovery as well as a facilitator um, just adults going through some of the hardest times in their life and fast forwarding about I don't know eight eight, 10 months later, one of my friends I was working with uh, had the opportunity to go to India and to serve um, on a mission trip or there for a month or a month or two months, something like that. And so she, she messaged me, Hey, pray for me. Uh, this is what's going on. Um, share the word. Like I'm trying to raise funds. 
the cool will do. And um, a little while later, she messages and said, this fell through. Like our trip to India is not happening, but I got the opportunity to go serve in Thailand instead. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, I've heard a little bit about Thailand. And um, she's like, yeah, actually, this is going to be an even longer trip. It's going to be like a five or six month trip. Um, I'm turning down the promotion at work and I'm quitting to go into full-time ministry. Wow. And my first thought was, you are nuts. What? <laughs> like, we were working for a corporate America at the time, working for a rental car agency. And she took this, she had the opportunity, this big promotion from Oregon to South Florida to be on their um, uh, operations team. She was going to be a manager for them. I'm like, this is literally what you've been working for. Like, why would you, like, that literally doesn't make any sense to me. And she does it. So she takes off, she goes, and she was super homesick. She was a good friend of mine. Um, so she, she's like, hey, can you talk? I need, just need to talk to somebody. And so we got a conversation started uh, via, oh, uh, it wasn't Zoom. It was Skype or some something. Other. Skype, thank you. Yeah, it was Skype. Yeah. So we're talking through Skype and she goes, Hey, um, my church group, my church, I'm living about two and a half hours away. She goes, my church is going to be sending a group in October to where I'm serving in Thailand. Um, it's super cool. And I said, great, I'll be there. She goes, no, 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 wait. Uh, you don't belong to our church. You live two and a half hours away. You have to be a member. Um, it's not that simple. And it's probably gonna be a really expensive trip. I said, okay, cool. I'll be there. I was like, <laughs> yes. I just knew it. I just knew I was supposed to be at this trip. And uh, she goes, okay, I'll see what I can do. You know, not being a member of the church, like they don't know you, like you could just be some weirdo to them. And she goes, I know you're not, but they don't know you're not. So fast forward, um, I talked to the guy who's leading the trip. He tells me, man, you got a good recommendation from, uh, from Megan. Uh, she's all about you coming. Um, I trust her. So I'm good. If you're good, I'm good. Um, but this is going to be a $3,500 trip. You got to figure out how you're going to get it there. I said, no problem. I'm supposed to be there. It'll be taken care of. And uh, so everything comes through, everything gets paid for. We're in the process of uh, getting all this trip together and meeting everybody that's going. And I met this girl named Kelsey um, at a, during our process of getting to know everybody. Like I did my best to only befriend the guys and so uh, we just happened to show up at one of the meetings early, got talking, ended up talking the whole time. Long story short, we ended up getting married because we met on this trip to Thailand. You and Kelsey? We, yeah, Kelsey and I did, yep. <laughs> so it is funny because every time I told people, yeah, I met my wife on a trip to Thailand, they're like, oh, you married I'm like, no, she's not Thai. She's, <laughs> yeah. she's white, but she, uh, we met on this trip to Thailand. But the reason I tell you that story is that's really um, – I feel like where her and I's heart for the fatherless blossomed. Mm. The guy who started this uh, realized he did a study on it um, in college. And he realized that the success rate, if you find a child that is at risk of going into the sex trade and you give them another path, the chances of not going into the trade are almost 100%. His, his percentage, last time I talked to him, was 99.9%. He's lost one girl to the trade because she was kidnapped by her uncle and sold into the trade as a teenager. Well, almost 100% so if you give them another. Was, was there. Yeah. He goes, but if a girl or a boy ends up in the trade and taken out of the trade, it's only a 40% success rate. 60% end up back in the trade. And man, for me, that hit hard. I'm like, okay, what, like, what do we need to do to change the trajectory and the path of young men? I had a heart. I've had a heart for young men since I was probably early 30s. Once I started working with the four and five-year-olds, um, I talked to my dad, and he was a corrections officer at a state penitentiary in Oregon. And he had told me almost 90% of the men in his prison came from fatherless or father disengaged homes. Wow. And that was just his prison. That's just what he, he told me. And uh, man, those two, those two ideas, like they just slammed into each other. And I said, all right, Lord, how do I find the guys at risk of incarceration and drug use and homelessness? If I can find them, how do we send them on a trajectory that is not incarceration? 
that mm. is not into drug use, that is not into homelessness. Um, and it's getting them at a younger age, speaking identity into their lives and giving them an opportunity of a different path other than those things. Um, and so that's kind of the birth of advanced camp. Um, I'm missing a bunch of ton of tons of details, but um, but that's that was like the birth of it is a, a place of prevention. How do we send them on a different trajectory? Um, it was originally born uh, as an activity at a uh, sorry a single mom's ministry in Oregon. Um, it literally was just an activity, a, a name on the top of a sheet. Hey, if your son is between 11 and 18, he can come to camp. Um, sign him up here. Um, I ended up taking over that program about two or three camps in, running the curriculum, running the mentors, running what we're teaching, all that fun stuff. And uh, we actually did a little shifting to the topics. Okay, let's not just do stuff that keeps these guys from being embarrassed on a Monday morning at school. Let's give them some tools that they can carry for the rest of their lives. Um, let's speak some identity and some confidence into them. Um, and uh, um, let's, let's start training them for another path other than these other ways. Yeah. And so that's kind of, that's that kind of, that is when everything kind of starts shifting um, to what it is today. Um, Man, that's amazing, Chad. So where were you in Oregon at the time? And like, were you associated with a church? Like what was, so you, you were plugged into the ministries, you were doing some children and then working with some um, of the divorce stuff. And this was just kind of a, something that fell across your path. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, and it did. What, so what they, was it after the uh, mission trip when you met Kelsey? It was after the mission trip. Yeah. Okay. After meeting Kelsey came back mm -hmm. and actually the ironic part is, um, the ironic part about it was um, we get back and I had this heart to start something like this, but it was strictly automotive based. So it was um, work with these young men, probably two or three at a time, work on a car, do all the electrical, the interior work, the mechanical work, do all that fun stuff, sell that car to be able to buy another car to work through with another two or three different guys. So it was mentoring smaller groups, specifically automotive based. And, um, and so that's where it like originally kind of started from. And then mm -hmm. uh, I, I actually, the ironic part was, is I, I got discouraged. And one of the guys that discouraged me to start this, they're like, man, it costs too much money and you need a board and you need this and you need that. And the, one of the guys who's telling me this is a guy who I started advanced camp with. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's kind of like, huh. Oh, that was, <laughs> that was a, a weird change of events there. So. Huh. But you were kind of plugging along and taking over like this, just event for the church for singles moms. And then at what point did you decide you and this other guy at the time, at what point did you decide it's time? Like, I'm going to do this. Like, was there a moment? So was, I'm actually, always curious about that moment, you know, like, this. yeah. So he actually came to me in this moment and said, Hey, uh, man, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Like I I'm trying to run a 180 acre ranch, a 30,000 square foot log cabin mm -hmm. lodge, the journey program for the single moms and for the, what they call the floundering adults. He goes, I, I just can't do it all. So can you pray about taking over um, the curriculum side of it? Cause I was already doing the mentor side of it as a mentor coordinator. And he goes, man, can you take over, can you take over all of it? And you just pray about it. I said, no, I'll do it. He goes, no, 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 no. I need you to pray about it. I said, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I don't need to pray about it. I've been actually praying for this. This is an answer to prayer, not something to pray about. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of the turning point where he's like, I am burnout. Like I, I can't keep up with this and I need somebody to step in. And I said, man, that's, that's literally what I've been praying for is, is to run with something like this. Um, and to be able to speak in this, this age group. And so was there a church? Were you volunteering at the, at a church at nope. the time or what was this? This was a separate ministry. It was, it was okay. a separate ministry specifically targeted to single moms and flying. Oh, okay. Yeah. So really wasn't. Okay. 
so man I have so many questions on that <laughs> through my mind so okay so here you are you end up yeah i've been praying for that that's what i've been wanting you take over it and what then did you form the nonprofit at that point separate it from what it was or how did, how did that work yeah so we still functioned on premise of this um it was every okay. other month and it was a, a whole weekend so it was friday night to sunday um at noon and so it was done on premise it was really targeted towards the single moms that were uh working at that specific um at that specific facility a lot of them actually lived out there so they lived out there they had their sons out there they had their daughters out there they lived life out there they did bible studies out there they did schooling out there some of them went to public schools some of them were homeschooled and so that was their life and so we basically came out to them and so we did all the camps out there um it was their own facility is their own process it's kind of like I don't know how to explain it. Like maybe it's almost like going to a public school and who wants to sign up to go to do the uh, talent show? Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not its own activity. It's an activity within the nonprofit. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? Yeah. So that's what we were in Oregon. When my wife and I felt called to come to Texas, um, we thought it was for different reasons. Um, it clearly wasn't based on everything that's happened in the last four years, but we thought we we're coming here for different reasons. And when we got here, I, I still remember sitting on my, on my front porch in Granbury. Mosquitoes are bugging me. It's a hot summer night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You laugh because you know what it's like. I know what you're saying. And, and you're I like, what? Why am I here? Yeah. I remember sitting there and kind of leaning back in my chair. I still remember it looks like it was yesterday. And God said, you're going to go back to Oregon. And I still remember this may be sacrilegious, but I called God, dude. I'm like, dude, ain't <laughs> happening. Like, I'm not going back to Oregon. Like you didn't, you sent me here for a reason. Why would I ever go back there? And I didn't know what he meant at the time, but um, I was like, but Lord, like you already have people running it. You had me pass it back to the guy I started it with. He's finding leadership. What do I have to do with any of that? I'm supposed to start Texas. And I felt the Lord saying Texas. Um, so west side of DFW, east side of DFW, Florida and California. That's what I kind of, that's what I felt the Lord was telling me at the time. And um, so long story short on that one, uh, I, get, I get a call from one of my mentors, one of the ones that I raised up in Oregon probably six eight months later and they said hey chad um it died i'm like what do you mean it died camp here in oregon's dead like nobody showed up july not a camper not a mentor nobody showed up there's just nothing i said man how that happened we're up to 17 campers we had six to seven eight mentors like it was rolling mm -hmm. and i said how did it die and all that burden and all that um failure fell mm -hmm. onto my shoulders like super heavy on me and um that was the moment i realized all right the lord had something in mind when he said i'm going back to oregon he knew it was going to fail and they were going to need somebody to lift it back up and get it moving again oh my goodness well when you left so i want to just clear some of the story when you were when you were leaving oregon and when you felt felt called to come to texas so you mentioned like um, another another person or group took took it back over. Was that? Um, can you talk talk about that a little bit, and then like talk about like how you and your wife felt like led to Texas? Like what was that like? What did you? What were some circumstances for what did you hear? You know, I want to know about that as well. So sure. So fill that gap in for us. Okay. So the guy that I handed it back to, so he's the one that him and I started it with that single mom's ministry in Oregon. And so him and I started it. He was running the curriculum side. I was running the mentor side. He hands off the whole thing to me. So I'm running the whole thing and he's doing something different. And when I leave, I hand it back to him. He, he actually told me, he goes, hey man, try to find one of your current mentors that has a heart to do this, that wants to take it over. I went to all my mentors and they said, no thanks. I know what you have to deal with. I know the time that goes into yeah. <laughs> it. I can't do that. And so I handed it back to him. I said, oh, I'm sorry, man, you're on your own on this one. You're going to have to find somebody there on the facility 
one of the men leaders on the facility to, to run with us. And that's what happened is he took it back okay. from me, handed it to one of the guys that was serving at that facility. And it just, yeah, it just dissolved. Yeah. But why, why did you and Kelsey think it was time to go to tech, like, like you were getting called away from Morgan? You had no real contacts in Texas, right? I mean, that's a pretty, <laughs> like, that's a huge move. Like you got to talk yeah. about that a little bit and that decision. <laughs> uh, we got, we got a few comments from people that were crazy. <laughs> I bet, I'm just thinking if I told people like, man, I felt led I'm supposed to go to Oregon, you know, just about just flip it around. They would just be like, you are crazy. Like you didn't really hear, you know, I, I would actually say you're crazy. I would be one of those. Yeah. Ones <laughs> so um, what, what happened? Talk about this in that situation and why, why here and what the Lord's kind of impresses yeah. upon you too. So, um, We'd actually visited here twice um, prior to. One was a Christmas gift for my wife. We flew into DFW. Uh, I took her down to Waco to see the silos um, yeah. for a Christmas present. She'd always wanted to go see Magnolia. And so I took her yeah. down there for that. It's just a long weekend. And then uh, I, the next year, she surprised me with a trip for, I think, Valentine's Day that we flew into Austin. And hung out in Austin, and we did drive up to Waco, um, just kind of just checking out the state. Like, we'd never been here before, and so we're like, you know what? We hear all this stuff. Let's let's just yeah. go check it out. Well, at the time, our oldest girl was uh, four. Yeah, uh, four or five. And we're literally sitting in the airport in Austin, getting ready to fly out. And um, we'd had a lavender company in Oregon. We still own it. We still have this lavender company. We don't do anything with it right now. It's just kind of sitting dormant. But we have this lavender company. And I, I have this weird, like, it's like one of my favorite scents. I love lavender. I've, yeah. I watched a Food Network show on it. Um, oh, man, uh, 10, 12, 15 years ago. And I said, man, I want to own a lavender farm. And so oh, wow. I know it. And it's funny because ever since we had this lavender company, people would always come to me, man, how did you get started with this lavender company? And you let your wife start this company. I said, I'm the one that likes lavender, oh, yeah. not my wife. They're <laughs> <laughs> so like, okay, buddy. All right. You like your lavender. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I still love, I have no shame. I love lavender. Yeah. It's just a wonderful yeah, yeah. scent. And um, so we're, we just couldn't find property in Oregon for a reasonable amount of money. And we're sitting at the airport and she's looking at property and I'm looking at longhorns and we're just kind of dreaming. And we both looked at each other and said, why not? Like, like seriously, what's holding us back from moving to Texas? Oh my goodness. And we, we literally are sitting in the Austin airport saying, all right, we're going to start looking for land. And uh, we get home and people are like, y'all are nuts. Like, except they don't say y'all in Oregon. They say oh, you yeah. guys are nuts. <laughs> You're yeah. adapting well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're like, you guys are nuts. Like, why Like, why would you move to Oregon and, or to Texas? And well, we said, well, we, we really want to develop our lavender company. It's easier to get land out there. We want to have longhorns, lavender, start a wedding venue. And so that was original dream. And in the midst of all the planning, um, I kept telling myself, like, we aren't going to go unless the Lord's okay with this. Like, and not just like, not just okay. Like, Hey, y'all, I'll let you go. It's I, I wanted him to bless our trip. Yeah, like, yeah. This had to be, he, he I, I didn't want him to come beside us and say, Hey, you know what, Chad, I'm going to, I'm going to go with you on this journey. I wanted him to lead us on this journey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those are two very different things. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like the dad that says, okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's the best idea, but it's not the worst. I'll go with you. And, yeah. and another one saying, no, come follow me. Like, we're going to yeah. go on this adventure. Come with me to it. And it's just two different conversations. And so that's where my heart was. And um, so in the midst of all this stuff of looking at moving to Texas, I started feeling really, really guilty. Um, my wife and I are foster parents. We still are. We were back then. We have been foster parents for almost five years, I think, at that point. And I was like, all right, Lord, like, I don't get it. I'm, I, I feel guilty about leaving my foster kids behind in the foster care system, the men's ministry at our church, my advanced camp young men, like they've already had enough men bail on them in life. 
I don't want to be another one. Um, we got, my wife was uh, very involved in the women's ministry at church. Like we had a great community group, a great neighborhood. Like it was just, everything was clicking. Everything was like, honestly, it was like super comfortable. It was, it was a great environment to be in. Oh man. And that's good. Uh, yeah. And so I, like all this guilt was piling on and I'm a slow learner. I'll admit to it right now. Um, I talked to guys that I saw as mentors to me, um, spiritual leaders in my life, their pastors. And I kept going to them and telling them the story of how guilty I was of all these different things. And mm. um, the fifth time I heard that, I was like, all right, maybe, maybe we're on to something. These guys didn't know that I was talking to them. These are guys that didn't know each other, or if they did know each other, they didn't know I was confronting them with this, the, the, uh, this uh, dilemma I was having. And every single one of them kept saying, hey, Chad, have you thought about the fact that God's been training and developing you over the last two and a half to three years to launch this in, in Texas? Um, no joke. It was almost the exact same words. Three out of oh the five were the exact same words. The other two were from the pulpit. And it was like, hey, you know what? You've been like working on stuff and been doing stuff in oh, life. Oh yeah. Maybe you know. Maybe this is your turn to actually go and do something. You know those kind of messages. But three yeah. of them were: Have you thought about the fact that God's been training and developing you for the last two and a half to three years to go do this? And mm -hmm. like I said, I'm a slow learner. The fifth time I heard it, I'm like, all right, some God's up to something here. And so I actually went out to this ranch that we were doing advanced camp at on a prayer walk. And I just took my Bible. There's you climb up to the top of this peak that oversees the valley. Um, you see all the trees and overgrowth. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just crazy. All, hills and trees, and that's that's about all it is. And I'm sitting up there reading, and I go on this hike. It's about two miles probably. And I remember sitting there, and the Lord's like, "Man, pack your bags and prepare for rain." And um, I was like, "All right, that's my go ahead." Like. It was, it might as well have been audible. And yeah. I came home and my wife's like, so what are we doing? I said, you're packing our bags. And we're preparing <laughs> for rain. And so we literally started packing and uh, we sold about 80% of our things. We bought a motor home um, in South Portland. <laughs> oh my goodness, Chad. <laughs> this is making people nervous already. Like, listen to oh. this, I can tell. It's just like, oh, there's no yeah. excuses. Let's say here's this. People start shifting in their seats when you tell them the story. They're like, I'm uncomfortable <laughs> for you. So you bought a motorhome? So, yeah, bought a motorhome. We sold about 80% of our stuff. So we took 20%, put it in two different U-boxes that they shipped to Fort Worth for us. The rest of the stuff, we, if we couldn't fit it in the, in the motorhome, we literally just gave it away. TVs, coolers, vacuums. Like, we, if we can't fit this, it's not going. So we packed the motorhome and we take off. And it took us about five weeks-ish to get from Oregon to Texas uh, via, let's see, we went through Idaho, Nevada, California, and then New Mexico, Arizona, New Mexico, and then Texas. Yeah. So we just basically went down I-5 corridor for the most part. We kind of diverted out through like Sparks and uh, mm -hmm. we did some sightseeing on the way, stayed in San Diego for five or six days, almost stayed there. I'm like, Babe, it's pretty nice here. <laughs> yeah. do, do we have to go to Texas? This is pretty nice. It's like, yes, the Lord led us to Texas. We're not stopping in San Diego. Plus, we can't afford it. And uh, but did you uh, know where you where you were going in Texas? The no. Fort Worth? Did you know at that point? Okay. All we had planned, we had we knew one person in town in Texas. Sorry, one person in Texas. That was a realtor. And uh, I've done a little bit of research. For lavender, we needed sandy loam soil. Okay. So we knew we wanted to be west side of I-35, and we wanted to be somewhere between Fort Worth and Waco. Okay. So pretty big span of area, um, but we want sandy loam soil. And we visited, we came out, did some uh, house shopping, didn't find one, but we looked in this area. We looked in Cleburne, Weatherford, Whitney, um, Glen Rose. And so anyway, we came here, came to Granbury, stayed for about five or six days. Um, my wife is also a surrogate. So she had to go to Dallas for uh, a, uh, a doctor visit for her surrogacy. And um, 
our engine was making a ticking sound. Uh, started in San Diego, so we drove from San Diego all the way to Granbury. We get to Granbury, and we're about to leave. We're only here for five or six days. We're supposed to go to Tampa, and then Savannah, Georgia, and then come back here and start looking for a place to live. And I asked my wife, I'm like, are you okay? Can we rent a hotel, get, my, get the motorhome to the shop, have them take a look at it? I'm assuming it's not a big deal. It drove from San Diego all the way to Granbury, Texas. I mean, yeah. it's probably fine, but let's check it out. Well, uh, 10 weeks later and $5,900 worth of engine damage, uh, we decided we're not going anywhere. Oh, um, my goodness. So people always Gosh. say, how did you pick Granberry? I'm like, um, our motorhome broke down. We can't <laughs> drive any further. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. We were in a hotel so for like or seven days and my wife's like you are not sticking me in a hotel for another day we're looking for a rental <laughs> oh my goodness so um it broke down you got in the shop it was there for 10 weeks you're in a hotel for a while and then you just start looking for a rental house yep yeah because we had um it's it was me and my wife three little kids the oldest was five she turned five on our drive here we had <laughs> oh two dogs gosh. yeah we had two dogs and uh and then we had a a 19 year old that moved with, here with us from Oregon it was it's a long story um she needed a just kind of a reset on life and so she was our babysitter for two years two and a half years and I, we we offered her hey if you want to move with us hop on hop on the trip and yeah. you can move with us so she still lives with us um she's 23 now um so she's been part of our youngest daughter's life since she was two months old um basically our nanny um, she's just awesome but uh yeah so she moved here with us so it's literally three adults three kids and two dogs in a motor home all the way across the united states to texas yeah i feel like i just need to hit stop and you can drop the my and walk away and say no more <laughs> for, any, for anybody um so were you did both of you guys like quit some form of job or work or career or something up there yeah, in Oregon, um, I was working. I was the only one working full-time. Um, my wife did the lavender business stuff for us. Um, and it was doing okay. I mean, it wasn't any, like, it was a kind of a fun side hustle. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I worked full-time for a telecom company uh, doing okay. sales and was doing really well. Um, our family could, was totally provided on. So we actually quit that job. Um, we literally sold our house in less than 24 hours. That was a whole prepare for rain. We were literally packing before we ever put our house on the market. Put on the market, it was sold in less than 24 hours for 15000 more than we're asking. So it was, it was done that wow. quick. And, you, and when you were heading here, did you know by the time you got here, I'm going to dedicate the full, my full time to advanced camp? Or were you thinking, I'm going to need a job? I mean, at that point, you guys are both jobless. Yeah. You have three kids, another uh, nineteen-year-old adult that you're having to take care of and support. So, <laughs> did you know at that point, or were you thinking I ought to get down here somewhere, find a job, and then get going? Yeah, that was kind of the plan. Just come down here, find <clears> a job, and get going. I actually, uh, uh, we had some, we had some pretty good equity in our house in Oregon, so we're like, I don't have to come down here and just take some crummy job just to like fulfill yeah. it. Um, I knew that advanced camp actually was an afterthought. So what advanced camp was going to be when we moved is we're going to get the lavender farm going, the Longhorn ranch and a wedding venue, get that developed. Okay. Yeah. Advanced it wasn't even on the radar. Yeah. And advanced camp was going to be in the back of the property that we had, Hey, uh, let's do advanced camp this weekend and we'll do it in the back. That was literally okay. what it was. Front, front facing was all the lavender farm, Longhorn <laughs> ranch. Yeah. Okay. I'm just blown away at the journey and the story. So you get here, did you find, you found a rental place and then yep. did you start, do you have a lavender farm right now? I mean, did you plant nope. something? Okay. No, it's funny that none of that has come to fruition and advanced camp has blown out of the water. Yeah. So then it, you're down here for how long? And then you, you get that phone call we talked about saying, you know, or you're, or you, the Lord, you're from the Lord, Tam, you're going back to Oregon. You get the phone call. How long did that take to kind of start materializing? So we landed here middle of August. Um, I think we were here August 10th or so, 10th to 15th 
of 2018. By October, we had our LLC. Okay. Um, by November, we had all of our 51C3 status was taken care of, and we did our first camp January 26th, I believe, of 2019. In Texas, uh, wow, that was moving. Yep. It and that's the thing is it it was, it seriously, Josh, it was the craziest thing. Like, I, I expected this to be kind of a. In Oregon, it was a side hustle. I literally worked full time. I did advanced camp uh, once a month or once every other month for a weekend. Um, I figured something like that was going to happen here. Not a big deal. It was just going to be this kind of thing. Things were going to happen. It was going to happen. And it literally blew up and right in front of me. Like we had a vehicle donated. We had uh, equipment donated. We had people were volunteering. Uh, a guy was walking down my street with a dog. I asked about the dog. We started talking. He became our first mentor. Um, like it, like it literally just, poof, and it just was there. Um, and it's just kind of grown ever since, but the lavender farm has always kind of taken the back back seat. Um, it'll happen at some point. Um, when you get the phone call from me saying, Hey, Josh, we need to get our LLC back going again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be excited for that. I've never done one for a lavender farm. So you did, you went back and started more camps in Oregon. And then you got Texas going and then Texas started, happened before Oregon did. Okay. So Texas and then Oregon and then Florida. Yeah. So uh, Texas started in 2019 <clears throat> and Oregon and Florida started happening very shortly after that, like building the foundation. So what is this going to look like started happening mid late 2019 and um it's just a lot of development was happening behind scenes but texas was two years solid before we launched any other states and when we launched oregon we launched in july of 2021 and florida we launched in september of 2021 so we just hit our one year in oregon and we hit our one year in florida in about three weeks congratulations wow and I know you're talking Tennessee's next on the radar. Yeah, it'll so, start in 2023. Okay, well, let's talk about the actual um, things you've seen with the kids that you work with. And I want to get back to a little bit of the details about what you've been learning. Um, have you seen, what? how have you seen the kids transform? Ones that you are um, just attending the camp teaching them a skill or a trade and being present and teaching identity? And then how have you seen the mentors change? Talk about the kids and the mentors a little bit. Gotcha. So the, um, so with the, the young men that we have come in, uh, some of the biggest things is they literally have no men speaking in their lives besides us. Um, and when I mean no men, like, their teachers are women, their librarians are women, their doctors are women, mm -hmm. like there's no men speaking in their lives. And so what we end up having, we end up hearing from the moms is, um, what, what, like, what are you guys doing at camp that this is happening? Uh, a good example is we had an automotive camp and the mom called us after the automotive camp and said, what did you tell my son at camp? Like we've been telling him all the time that we, we love him and he does a great job and that, and, you know, I'm really proud of him. And he comes home and he tells me that the mentors are telling these things. And he's like, well, it's like blows his mind. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Well, you got to understand there's, there's two pieces to this. Um, for one, you have to, we get to, so he comes home and you tell him you love him. You're, you're his mom. You, you, from his perspective, you have to. From his perspective, we do it because we want to. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's coming from a different perspective. I said, the other piece of it is, I said, it's nothing personal, but he, he women's voices turn into white noise. Yeah. They, all they hear is women's voices 30 days of the month, and they hear a man's voice one day a month. And that one day a month of men speaking identity into his life is, is literally changing it because he's he's hearing it now it's a different tone it's a it's a it's being told to him differently um so we've seen big improvements in uh confidence mom sending me pictures with one of the sons with a chainsaw she she sends me this picture and literally says chad i've been asking him to help us around the property for six to eight months 
and he won't pick up a tool. He won't help us out at all. He gets done with our lawn care camp and he learned for one, how to serve others because we go find a single mom, disabled senior, disabled vet till we go serve. But we teach them how to use this equipment on their property. And so he comes back to run, help his mom run a chainsaw to clear out the property. And she goes, what did you guys do? Like, what, what did you do today? <laughs> oh, yeah. I said, we literally sat beside him, showed him how to use a chainsaw, how to use it right, and built confidence in him because we encouraged him. That's all we did. It seems too simple, Chad, when you talk about it that way, but you're seeing the need is huge and it's there and they and uh, these young men want that and when they receive it it changes their life yep and, and that's the thing that that about it josh is mom could literally try to do the exact same thing and they're like mom leave me alone i don't i don't need you to teach, show me how to do this they're like i, I can figure it out but when a man comes to find and says dude it's okay to not know it let's walk through what this looks like how do we do it right and they're like Oh, oh, this, like this 40 year old man doesn't know, like he's going to learn too. We'd say like, I'm not alone. And it, it changes the, it changes the storyline, right? That's unbelievable. So what do we as men, and I'm sure the mentors, you can probably see how it changes them, but what do we need to be doing and on the lookout for in light of this knowledge that you have and that you've seen change young men's lives? I mean, what's the encouragement to us men who are looking to serve and help somehow? I think um, uh, even little things make a huge difference in a young man's life when it's being told by an older man. Um, okay. I, I've really kind of changed my focus on what we're looking for for mentors. And it's not that the younger, I say younger mentors um, aren't good. Uh, we start at 18. If they graduate high school, they can become a mentor. Um, but I'm finding like we're getting guys that are empty nesters and, uh, them speaking into these guys' lives is, uh, uh, is, is becoming even more powerful because, uh, it's, it's coming from a place of, of wisdom and experience. Um, and it's just a, uh, a different perspective than what they're, what they've always been used to. Hmm. Well, how can somebody become a mentor if they're hearing this and saying man i have the time for once a month or once every few months whatever wherever case may be wherever state what what's a good process to becoming a mentor um, and who to reach out to is it you directly or what, what do they need to do yeah so first thing is they can they can go online i actually just got one today um of going online just asking for more information um okay. contact us page they can look at the contact us page and say, hey, I, I got questions about being a mentor. What is this going to look like? Um, that's one way to do it. There's also on the website a mentor application. Okay. Um, they, all of our mentors have to go through the application process just as, you know, who they are, where they live, what state they want to serve in. Um, they need a pastoral reference, reference or and an gender reference that's not their stuff. Um, and then uh, just a couple of fun little other little facts about them. Like what's the manliest thing you've ever done? Um, so okay. just kind of fun, some fun stuff. Uh, those and come to me and then I contact them. Okay. What's a website, good website for you, Chad? Um, it's www.advancedcampusa.com. Okay. And we'll put a link to it. So you're just literally seeing fruit in both the mentor's life in the kids life and the typical rhythm of the camps is it'll be once a month um, these young men will come and you will you will have groups around teaching them things or how does it work yeah so um, in Texas uh, we are once a month um, in Florida we're actually <clears throat> this hasn't even been announced yet this is this is new this this should be your highlight for your your real we're actually moving to every other month in Florida. They like they are craving it. It's the craziest thing, Josh. Like moms are craving more camps. The sons are craving more camps. They're super engaged with our, our biblical foundations class that we teach. Like it's incredible. But that's every other month. Um, Oregon is every other month, or sorry, once a quarter. And then uh, Tennessee will be once a quarter. Um, what that day looks like is they come in, uh, the mentors, 
we, nobody gets assigned anybody. Um, I actually found that if a, if a camper is assigned to a mentor saying, hey, this is your mentor, mentor for the day, I, I don't feel like a, a solid, open, natural, like bond will be created. Like, yeah. I know as a, as a kid, um, you know, I'd be doing a youth group event and be like, hey, this is your, your youth group leader for the day. I'm like, I, I don't know you. Um, I, honestly, I don't even want to be around you. I want to hang out with that guy over there. And um, so I, I let it all happen naturally. Some of the young men actually ironically have triggers of different guys just by their appearance. So they yeah. like to hang out with this kind of guy or that kind of guy, not this kind of guy. And so that we, we show up, we're all in one big group. Um, we go and do an activity. And um, these, the mentors, really their role is um, to do three things throughout the day, um, speak love over them, build, help them build confidence um, and encourage them. Those are like the three basic things that they, they're to do every day um, at camp. But the other neat thing about it is a lot of our mentors don't know how to do the activities that we do because what I do is I find topics that we want to teach these young men. And then we find what I call a product knowledge expert. If we're going to teach automotive, I want to find an auto tech or a guy that's, um, you know, he's been a, a service writer or, um, you know, a guy that owns an auto detail shop. And we bring them in to teach these topics. Uh, a lot of times they're over my head and I can work on my own car. Well, I know I've been asking you every time we meet, like, man, I need to be part of that class. I need to be part of that class. <laughs> Like the carpentry, didn't you have some carpentry yeah. and you have a leather working coming and maybe yeah. even horseshoe, ferrying? Did you, I mean, farrier stuff. stuff? So you'll just pick a different topic and you'll get some product experts to come in and they'll lead right. the teaching. And then you'll have the mentors who are around loving people, encouraging them, building their confidence. Yep. And then, so the neat thing about it is I actually have a lot of mentors to say, I, I, I can't come mentor. I don't know how to do any of this stuff. I don't know how to work on a car or a bike or a lawnmower. Um, so I, I guess uh, this isn't for me. And I try to tell them, like, those are the guys I need the most. For one, they're not um, egocentric, mm. I guess. They're not, yeah. they're, they're a little more humble. They're like, I, kn I know I don't know this stuff. But the most powerful part about it is they don't know it and they know they don't know it. So they're willing to learn it alongside a, 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 one of the campers. So picture in your head, Josh, you're 13 years old and you're sitting next to a guy that's never fished a day in his life and he's 70 and you're learning how to fish the same time a 70 year old guy's learning how to fish. Yeah. Now you aren't, you aren't just on the same playing field anymore. You're learning 57 years ahead of this guy. Yeah. Of how to fish. Yeah. That's powerful. Mm-hmm mentors don't understand that until they experience it and these young men turn to them and be like i just learned how to work on a lawnmower 13 years old and you're 50 and you're yeah. just now learning how to change a spark plug on a lawnmower like oh wow wow yeah you're no i'm i have no doubt that the mentors um are coming around are being are being changed as well i mean oh for sure i mean it's just really neat where do you I get changed oh yeah every time you tend one too yeah where do you every, guys every host, camp where do you guys host them at like where so, do you uh, um that's, like, that's a you great question need? yeah what do you need and how does that work and so how our model has been here in Texas, and we're continuing this throughout the other states as we launch, that we find a one local church parking lot or a safe place, uh, because we're asking single moms to drop their sons off with us. Hey, drop them off with us at eight o'clock. We'll see you at four. Bye. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you typically have two different kinds of single moms. You got the ones that say, all right, peace out. Have fun. Good luck. Um, yeah. And they got the other ones that are like, can you text me every 30 minutes to make sure that he's okay? He's yeah. the only, he, he's my baby. Yeah. Yeah, um, that makes sense. yeah. So we, we meet at a, a one place. Typically it's a church parking lot. It's a, it's a comfortable place for moms. And then we travel to location. 
that's really part of one of the parts of our keys with, with how we do what we do is if we're going to teach automotive, I want them to learn automotive in an auto shop. Yeah. If this young man says, man, Chad, that was really cool. I want to become an auto tech. And this is the environment I'm going to get to work in. Yep, this is, this is what it looks like. They're like, I want this. Or, or wow. they may come and say, I've always wanted to work on cars. But if this is my environment, if this is what I have to, I, I want nothing to do with it. I'm going to look at a different career type. Yeah. You know? So I always joke with uh, the guy that owns the Christian Brothers here in town. Um, I said, man, you're, you're one of the worst places for us to teach automotive at. And he's like, <laughs> why? I said, dude, you can eat off your floor. Your place is that clean. That is not a normal yeah. auto shop. <laughs> yeah. You're like running. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sets this bar way too high. <laughs> man, it's so exciting. What does, um, what do, what does advanced camp need the most right now? And how can, how can people meet that need? Um, I mean, is it fun? Uh, is it you, mentors? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, for sure. If, if I stick with the stereotype, um, fun. Because um, yeah. right now, I, I was just telling somebody this earlier today. I said, right now, our funds are not meeting our growth. Um, our growth is running way ahead of it. Uh, the neat thing is, is, I say this all the time, and I say this 100% truthful. We have never missed a camp because of finances. Never. It may look different, but we've never missed a camp. Um, But as we're, as we're growing here in Texas, as we're um, adding camps in Florida, as we're adding in other states, uh, funds are definitely in need. Uh, We've had a a campaign going uh, for about two or three months now of, gaining $40 a month donations and where our goal was a hundred. Uh, we just hit 35 as of last night out of the hundred. So we need 65 more. Um, and that will actually allow us to cover our growth in Florida, Tennessee, and then, um, also to be, be able to maintain the growth here in Texas. Um, so funds are a big thing. The other thing, um, that I always say, uh, is awareness that we, we get our mentors, we get our campers and we get our funding off of awareness. If people know that we exist and we're serving this demographic of people, um, doors start opening up. Moms that said, I, I never knew you existed until I heard this podcast, or I never knew you existed until I saw your vehicle drive down the street. Um, and then they're like, where have you always been? I've had moms on the phone crying with me because they didn't know we existed and found out that we existed and had been praying for us something yeah. like us to serve their sons. Yeah, it's such a powerful thing. Well, as part of a little bit of a wrap up, so from Oregon to Texas, from security, from job to house, to good neighborhood, to <laughs> RV breaking down in Granbury to yeah. find the rental, like what, what would you say you have learned about God you know, you, you took a huge risk and your whole family took risk. Cause I mean, not to mention you have several children, you, you'll foster, you know, I mean, you did this with the full house as well, but what have you learned about God and how would you say that morphs into what your life kind of message is also? Does that make sense? Yeah. So I say this to myself all the time and I was saying it to myself yesterday, just because of some stuff that's going on with uh, the ministry and the growth and the needs and all that fun stuff is when when you're allowing god to lead it i brought it up earlier not walk beside you but they're leading if you're allowing him to lead it it'll turn out better than we can ever picture yeah um so that's uh i i was talking to our biblical director uh biblical curriculum writer sorry biblical curriculum writer last night him and i get together probably every two weeks and we're sitting there and he turned to me yesterday like brought me to tears i like i I took it as such a big compliment he goes chad the one thing that I watch in you is you, you always wait on the Lord. Yeah. You, you never run ahead of him. And when you, when you wait on the Lord, things turn out better than any of us could have thought could happen. He goes, you're never pushing the envelope and just saying here, catch up with me, God, I'm, I'm running the way you want me to go, but you catch up. Yeah. Um, and, but that hasn't always made it easy though, right? I mean, 
No, it hasn't. And it, 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 it's a mix of criticism happens and it, it creates um, some, am I really doing the right thing? Uh, yeah. Did I really hear him right? Is that really what he told me to do? Oh, yeah. He said that like almost, almost verbally, like audibly said, go do this. I go do it. I'm like, well, yeah. now what? Yeah. And um, so it's caused a lot of that. I, I've, uh, we, I mean, you, you know, like when you're really listening and following the Lord, it doesn't make sense to everybody. Yeah. And, and you get some not kind feedback sometimes of people saying, dude, you're nuts. Like you really yeah. moved your family across the country or yeah. you're really opening a fourth state in three and a half years of being operating. Like, is yeah. that wise? Well, that's what the Lord told me to do. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. Him. Yeah. Yeah. But, wow. Oh, yeah. So wait, wait so on you, the Lord you, and, and follow on. Yeah. But have you learned in your testimony so far? Has he been faithful the whole way? Every single time. Yeah. I know it's, I, I'm, like I said, I'm a slow learner. And like even last night, I'm sitting here fretting of like, okay, what, how are we going to make this happen and that happen and this happen and that happen? And then it, it, it always does. It yeah. literally always does. And, um, I caused a lot of worry for no reason, and yeah. he always comes through. Uh, I'll tell you a really quick story on Tennessee. Uh, I, I was talking to a guy that's just – I see him as kind of a role model or mentor, um, just an awesome dude. And I'm talking to him, and he says, so what's going on, Chad? We haven't talked in a while. What, what's happening? I said, well, we're, this is what we're doing in Florida, and we're getting this going. We're going to go to every other month. It's just – it's big down there. Okay, cool. I said, we're going to launch in Tennessee, um, January 14th of 2023. He goes, wow, you got the date set. I said, yep, sure do. I said, you don't want to know the craziest part about it? Like the Lord, like he's opened all the doors. He's, he's orchestrated all those pieces. He's the one that told me to dig deeper where I'm at. Mm. So I am. And I said, the craziest part of it, he goes, what? I said, we don't have the funds to, we, we aren't even <laughs> close to providing for this. And he's like, wow. Okay. I said, He's like, well, then how are you going to do it? I said, man, I don't know. I'm going to buckle down and I'm going to, I'm going to try to create awareness, try to gain funds. I'm going to be intentional about my time. Three days later, I get a phone call from a guy that says, I know you're launching Tennessee. I know you're needing money. Um, we're going to donate $5,000 so you can get Tennessee off the ground. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was um, losing sleep over it, Josh. I'm not sure we want to worry about them, but it's just, it's not easy, man. You you make it sound easy, but that's not the case. No, oh man, yeah. I lost plenty of sleep over it. <laughs> wow, can't wait yeah. to follow and watch Tennessee take off. Do you have yeah. a um? So would that kind of be your last message? I know that's a hard question to ask on the spur, but what comes to mind? Just like your encouragement to people, like here's here's a message from my life that I would encourage you with. Do you have something that just sparks off? It didn't have to be perfectly um, articulated either. I know yeah. it's a hard question. You know, I I would say like the most encouraging thing is just to wait on the Lord. Like, don't try to run ahead. It, even with the world saying your best way to be successful is to go try to be successful. Um, if you wait on the Lord, it's going to be better than than you could have penciled it out yourself. Yeah. I think there's a lot of verses that would support that as well. <laughs> you know, yeah. there's a lot of commands that wait on him and then like how much more abundantly he can do. Just yeah. trust him. Yep. I so, get, uh, I get that hitting over my head quite often actually. <laughs> well, man, I'm so grateful that you took the time. Um, tell us one more time, advanced camp USA. I want to Yeah. That so up. that'll take us through our general site. Um, it's yeah. A-D-V-A-N-C-E. And then campusa.com. Dot com. Okay. Advancedcampusa.com. Yep. And then from there, you can contact you. You can mm -hmm. make a donation. You can learn more. Yep. You could sign up to be a mentor and talk to you. And uh, yep. and I would encourage people to get their awareness out because um, knowing Chad and knowing what this ministry does, it is literally changing the next generation. 
-hmm. and it's and it's not super complicated um it's i mean it's not simple but it's not super complicated it's, it's getting around some young men who have no male influence or fathers and loving mm -hmm. on them speaking lots into them and encourage them and giving them a different path and it is a huge success rate so thank you for what yep. you're doing chad thank Absolutely. you thank you um we'll look forward to following you and we'll get all the website and links and all that and uh We'll keep praying for you guys. So thanks for making time today. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Hey, this is Micah. Me and Josh would like to thank you for joining us in the story field today. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion. And to learn more about us in the story field, visit thestoryfield.com. This podcast is sponsored by The Allen Firm, legal guides for many of life's situations. To learn more about the Allen Firm, visit allenlawfirm.com. Have a blessed day, week, and year, and we will see you next time on The Story Field. This is Josh again. I just wanted to thank you for listening and let you know that this podcast is really about hope and about giving you hope for your life. So if you're listening and you're in a place where you're really feeling hopeless right now, or if you do not know Jesus, we have some great news to share with you and would love a chance to pray for you. Email us at hope at allenlawfirm.com. That's hope at allenlawfirm.com. And we'll reach out to you soon. Thank you for listening. God bless you.